Six-Pack Lapidot, I want to give a quick shout-out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions, several national champions, and uh, I mean, a laundry list of records, national records, world records have been broken, etc. But they have an app with their elite level programming available, video tutorials. Uh, I mean, the whole nine, it's one stop shop once you're in here. There's a Discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. Um, to get all your lifts analyzed so you get elite level programming and coaching for $29.99 US a month. Positionsofpower.programs.app. Go there and get yourself started. <laughs> My man. All right. So I was saying before, um, I'll let you pronounce your name because I don't want to butcher it, but you are the 66 kilo IPF junior world champion from, uh, you, you won it in Sweden. You hail from Spain, but you come to us from Washington, DC in the United States of America. Um, and I'll let you pronounce your name, sir. Okay. My name is Alberto Raif. As you said, that's that's what I am. I'm Spanish for lifter, competing in Sweden, and now I'm studying at US in Washington DC. So my name for you to know is Alberto Arrive. There it is, man. There it is. Um, you know, so I checked you out on uh, open powerlifting, and um, I mean, you're only 20 years old. You know, you've been powerlifting. I'm, a few I'm 21. Years. 21. 21 now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you're 21. 21. Oh, you're an old man now. You know, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm old now. <laughs> yeah. You so you're still a junior, but um, and you just obviously won uh, the junior world title, but you've already got twenty three thousand followers on Instagram. Are you on TikTok? No, I'm not. I mean, I started TikTok like four walls, like mm, three months ago. Mm. I started TikTok, but I'm not very. I mean, I don't use it a lot. Just like. When I have something to post, I post it, but I'm not very focused on that. Same, man. Instagram like, and YouTube are my main, my main social media. It's tough to do it all, isn't it? If you try to... Like, yeah, I, it's, it's really hard because, I mean, also I study industrial engineering. So doing everything is being made hard these years, like studying, uh, social media, personal yeah. training, um, working out. It's, it's been hard. But it's been successful, at least. So you're in Washington studying, did you say industrial engineering? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, I am. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, so you got to be crazy busy because you're not, you're winning world titles. You're going to university. It probably helped that it happened um, over the course of the summertime. Then you could train all summer and then compete in September. That's got to have helped a little bit, right? Or Yeah, that was, I mean, was, was crazy because... I mean, last year was very hard because it was my, my third year of my major and my junior year. 
And it was really hard. I mean, because social media get bigger, uh, university get harder, and I was aiming for walls, not aiming for nationals. So it was really, really hard, very, very stressful, a lot of work, uh, having to work every day. And then the worst thing was that um, I came to the U.S. just one month before goals. Mm, so shit. it was it was it was very hard because uh, I had to move here. Like I didn't have nothing here, just the apartment, but didn't have any forks, any plates, any towels, any beds, nothing. And also the U.S. is huge. I mean, distances yeah, are is. huge. I had to to walk like. 20,000 steps a day and it was really hard. It was really hard. And also because of COVID, I had many problems with, with a professor that he, he was thinking about uh, failing me the course if I went to, to walls because of COVID. So what? it was, it was very risky. It was very risky also because the borders, the borders of USA are crazy and Going to Wolves was very risky, a lot of money, uh, but it was, I mean, it deserved it and everything went well. So the hard work paid off. It's a chance of a lifetime, but um, wow, I didn't realize so much is on the line if you went. Like you were getting a lot of pressure to not go. Yeah, I mean, the thing was, was that, I mean, it was like very expensive because from Spain, it was, I don't know, the flights maybe were like uh, 200 euros. But from the US, it was like 600. So it was yeah. like triple. Also, uh, the thing, the, the worst thing was uh, the border thing. Because, I mean, here in the university, like the officials, the exchange officials told me that it was very, very, very risky that when I came back to the US, uh, I might did not uh, enter in the U.S. because mm. they didn't let me. So it was very stressful for me because, I mean, studying here is like a, a unique opportunity. So I was risking this for Wolves, but Wolves was my dream, so I had to go. Also, Dude. that professor told me that I could fail the course. I had to, to talk a lot with him, doing many, like, many documents and many things. So, but finally everything was wall and that's the only thing I remember. I don't remember the bad things now. So what, what, um, what was he, was he just like, was the professor worried that you were going to miss school or was he just against you traveling? He was against traveling because he said, I mean, he was an old professor and he was like, it's very risky because you might get COVID in the plane or anything. And I have to make that everybody here is safe. And I mean, it doesn't make any sense because then. That's later, kind of like overstep. That's, he's kind of overstep. That's not that's why you fail somebody though. Like you're, he's a little bit overstepping. Like travel is up to those putting in travel restrictions and the government, let them handle that. If I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to. And then, um, and I'll go through their procedures. But for a dude to be like, I'll straight up fail you. But it's like, well, why don't I just lie to you and tell you that? Cause I know you, I know you don't listen to King of Lists. Yeah, that was the thing. The thing was that it was crazy because um, I, I wasn't, I, I told him like in, like in face to face, and he, he said, it's okay, it's no problem. And then uh, the exchange department here uh, was so uh, 
uh, worried about me going out, that what I, what I did was like sending a formal email to every professor so that I had a, like an official letter from them that they let me go to the US, so to out of the US and then come back and my studies would not be affected. But the thing was that uh, I sent this email to this professor and then it was when something happened. If I didn't send him the email, he would not even notice that I was not in class. So yeah. he was like, what the fuck, man? Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I don't know, man. It seems like a little bit of, I mean, it makes for a good story on your end. It makes yeah, it I mean, a little more stressful. Wall's, Wall's story was crazy because then, I mean, it was like, since I left my apartment here in the, in, in the U.S., in D.C., it, it took me, I think it was maybe 31 hours till I arrived in my apartment in Sweden. Oh, my God. Just the flight, just the flight was like between I had I went to Iceland, to Iceland, and from Iceland to Copenhagen. Yeah, and it, that was only like fourteen hours. That was fourteen hours. I didn't sleep that night because my flight was overnight. So I just sleep at the at the plane like three hours maybe, and then in Copenhagen I had to wait for for my buddies there, uh, for my team. We were like. Uh, eight people i think some friends and my coach uh we went there and we went there by car from copenhagen to hamstad mm. and it was like two hours more so in total it was like i don't i don't know maybe 31 hours since i left my apartment and then i arrived in, in the new one in, in sweden it was crazy i, I dude i can't i can't I, I come from canada to the world i can't sleep on a plane man I just can't. Yeah. I like I try. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. It's so I, noisy. No, so I know. Noisy. It's impossible, but and I'm that dude. If that plane rattles like not a lot, but if it rattles a little bit, like, what the shit? <laughs> I'm that guy We're who's going like, down. We're going down. like, I'm not I'm not totally freaking out, but I'm also not sleeping. You know, I'm not like yeah, cozy like a baby. I know what you mean. I'm just yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So when I landed in um Homestead, Sweden, when I was I think around Iceland. Um, Cause we stopped in Iceland as well. There's a couple other people from Canada. I recognize I'm like, Oh shit. I'm making some travel buddies real quick. Like I'm going to be like, Hey, you, let's travel together. Let's do this. And um, we started taking trains from uh, Copenhagen to Sweden, to Homestead. And um, we got lost in the trains, but when you get lost together and there's like three or four of you, you're all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, You'll figure true. it out. That's true. You'll figure yeah. it out. That's why it's always better if you see somebody. Like I, I leave home alone, and then along the way, you just run into people and be like, "Hey, I, I know you. Let's let's tag along. Let's do this. Let's get to the other side of the yeah, world yeah. together." That's way better. That's way better. I found also some some lifters from Iceland at the at the airport. I mean, I just I didn't know them, but I just saw like a big guy with an SBD belt. And yeah. I knew that that guy was competing uh, at once. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious. So I started talking to them. And at least, like, that hour waiting at Iceland was much more, like, fun. Because yeah. I was not alone. I, I could talk to anybody at least. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, so when did you first go to Washington, D.C. then for school? Just this year or previously you did as well? Uh, just this year. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm studying at Spain, 
but I'm like in an exchange program for my last year of university. So I came to the EC on August 24th. August oh, 24th. okay. Frank, dude, you, you did, you really did do a massive life change. Like you, you went to yeah. the other side of the world, America, and we'll talk about Spain and maybe the differences between America and Spain, but there's a big difference between America and Spain. And it's you're, huge. You're... It's huge. I mean, <laughs> I went, I went to, I went to Miami like last week and it was not such a big difference. It was a, a difference, but not such a big difference, but DC and Spain it's like the opposite. I mean, it has nothing to do. I mean, now we now there is it is snowing here. I mean, in Spain it's snow. It doesn't. What is called? We don't know what it's called. Yeah, dude. You yeah for sure. Man, I'm from I'm from Canada, just south of Toronto. We get snow, man. Like we probably we get more snow than where where you're getting. We get it gets yeah. cold, dog. Last the night before last, it was minus forty five Celsius. Like your, your car battery oh, man. minus 45, oh, your, man. your car battery just dies. Your car, your car literally dies from this, from how cold it was. You wake up, you That's start your crazy. car and your car is like, nah, it's yeah, it but I cold. think like the most different is like culture. I mean, Spanish people and uh, people from DC is, is totally different. I mean, it's a huge shock culturally. Also distances are huge. I mean, that first month I bought a scooter electric scooter because i'm a power lifter i i, I cannot walk i mean so first month was was really hard that i mean it was like walking a lot and training also i mean i don't have a car so it was very very difficult to train in a gym where i had like kilos and um competition equipment yeah. it was it was a really hard hard thing but in terms of culturally um like, what are some of the things culturally that's different that than than Spain? Because we don't necessarily know like, the difference between Canada and U.S. culturally, here and there a little bit, but not a lot, a lot. But uh, what are some only, of the differences? I think that probably uh, people from Spain is like more more friendly, more like oriented to create a community, to have friends and establish strong relationships mm. i think here in the u.s people is more individual i mean they they are more uh, looking for their own goals and, and they work really hard they probably overall they work harder they they like to work harder than, than in spain they are not as lazy as we are not lazy not everybody's lazy in spain but i mean like in overall people is probably more willing to work hard in the u.s but they are more individualistic and they don't care so much about, I think, maybe people, uh, a strong relationship. Also, talking about fitness, it, it has nothing to do. I mean, people here actually cares about fitness. I mean, about uh, training, going to the gym. In every sport, every sport that here, you have to, you have to go to the gym. Yeah. In Spain, you don't. In Spain, in Spain, if you go to the gym, you are like, a big strange like really oh, oh. That, that's the guy oh he's a guy that goes to the to a gym i mean he's like weird you know but here is like a normal thing going to the gym but oh. if you go to spain like in, in spain if you go to a gym like more professionally people outside the gym people who don't go to to a gym looks you like different 
Um, one hundred percent. Over same thing in Canada in terms of America with with gyms, gyms in every single city, and everybody, pretty much everybody I know, even people who are out of shape, go there and do something because it's like just. It's normal, but I got that when I went to, um, I've been to Europe. It's changing a little bit now, but previously it's changing. Yeah. Previously in Europe, certain parts of Europe, not all Europe's the same, but, um, certain countries in Europe, like I've been to Italy, uh, you know, Germany, and it isn't quite the same gym culture. Like you said, like just gyms aren't, aren't like, yeah, you work out, you're the workout guy then. Whereas here in North America, Canada, U.S., so many people lift weights, like yeah. like at every single sport you lift weights, and it's what you do. Yeah, I mean it was really fun because I went out like first first weeks here, and I I met a, new, a lot of new people, and when I told them, I mean they they saw me, they saw that I I I train, so they told me, hey, what sport do you do? I, I mean I said powerlifting, and everybody everybody asked me what was my max bench. Everybody in Spain, <laughs> in Spain is impossible that. That any nobody cares about your max bench in Spain. I mean, really, here yes. it's like a big thing. It's like if you if 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 your if your bench is higher than the other's bench, you are like in a superior <laughs> social status. You're like I gotta I gotta work on my bench press to get a couple girlfriends going, man. I gotta like this is this is this is where it's at over here in, in America. Um, and, and is it difficult too? Like I can't imagine moving to the other side of the world, different language, different, like culturally, everything's different. And you moved over here by yourself or was there other people that you knew that came as well? Or are you by yourself when you made the move? I didn't know anybody here, uh, but there are uh, more Spanish guys from my university mm. that also took the same exchange program. So uh, I was with them, but I didn't know anyone uh, before coming here. You know what I mean? I just met them here. Yeah. I, I flew with I flew with one of them because he was the friend of one of my friends. I mean, we had a friend in common, so that was like the the closest person to me here. So that's why I flew with him. But actually, I didn't know anybody here. Dude, isn't it the weirdest to like land in a new place? And, and you like, it's one thing if, if, if you were around nothing but Spanish people, but you knew nobody, it's a little weird because you got to meet new friends and shit. It, it's a little weird, but if you all speak the same language, same, you know, culture, same, whatever, it's a little easier, but to show up and know nobody and be totally like, if people are talking fast, you'd be like, fuck, I'm not sure I understand what this guy's saying. And like, you know, you, you just, you feel different. You're talking different. You're like, shit, this is weird. This is, that must yeah, have been I mean, so weird, dude. First week was like, I went out to the bars. I mean, at night, I was like, I don't understand anything. I don't understand <laughs> anything. I mean, because I, I knew how to, how to have like a normal conversation, but I didn't know like slang, you know, like, things that they, they talk very fast and very things that they don't teach you at the school. I mean, of course not. So I didn't understand anything at first. And, and we were like at the bars and we were like knowing how, how everybody works, how, how, how everything works, because it was such, it was so different. I mean, uh, bars and clubs and um, uh, fun in Spain is very different as here. So 
first weeks we we didn't understand anything. I mean, it was very fun. It was very funny because it was like everything was crazy, everything was new, and I was with my Spanish friends talking about, oh, what what the fuck is this? I mean, we don't understand anything. <laughs> um, and then then we 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 were used to it pretty fast, I think. It's um, I I could totally get how slang might be weird, like yeah, for sure. It what what. Also, what yeah, go ahead. The thing, the, the, for me, the weirdest thing at first was like, what, what thing that happened to me? I was like one American friend that we met uh, introduced us a girl and I was like going to kiss her in the cheeks, like what we do in Spain, to introduce to somebody. <laughs> we, we to kisses in the, and she was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm not good with that. I mean, I'm not good with that. And you were that, like... was, that was one of the weirdest things also, uh, like the, when you introduce a guy in Spain, we just like splash our hands. I don't know how to, we just shake our hands. Like, yeah. uh, but here they do a weird thing that they splash their hands, but then they do something with the, yeah. with the fingers that yeah. I don't, I, we don't do that in Spain. <laughs> and it was, it was very weird. So, so you were like, trying to add shit you're not sure if you're adding too much or not enough you're like I'm, i don't know man you just let him yeah. Be, right yeah man it's it's a little different I'm, that's hilarious that you went in to do the double kisses and the girl's like easy there playboy easy there playboy but um i bet the girls will like you man with the spanish accent and whatnot give it give, I, thought, I thought i thought uh spanish accent was gonna be a a higher like good point oh, but yeah. it's not that such a good point what? They, they they lied to me they lied to me they lied, they to, lied me. to everybody you. told me that everybody told me that but i mean it's good to start a conversation because yeah. you have something to start with like yeah. something different but the problem is that i don't know how to flirt with a girl in english because That's right. i mean i might i might uh, tell her a joke and I know how to calculate in Spain, in Spanish, the level of the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. But man. maybe, maybe here is like, or, or too soft, or too high, and she offend, she gets offended or something. Yeah. So it, it was, it was difficult. It was difficult. It's tough because when you think in your mind and you think in Spanish, and then you have to translate everything you're saying and then say it, and then so it's it's not easy free flowing when you have to translate everything that's it right and then when things come in conversation and you're like oh shit you want to say something funny because something happened right there but then you have to translate and that then the moment passes you're like fuck that's the thing that's fuck. exactly the thing that's, that's it. exactly that's the thing. timing comedy is timing man you know it's all about getting in there in the beat when the beat comes you bam and you hit that beat and everyone's like oh yeah. shit but when you have to like translate it in your eye or, or things are happening quickly and you're like, I think I know what's going on, but it's, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I could see how that would be tough. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, That, that, that was really tough. That was, that was very hard. It, it's weird because that would have been your last month leading into the world, like leading into the world championships. You're dealing with all of this and you're not comfortable anymore. You're like yeah. on the other side of the world dealing with shit. I don't know if I'm going to even make it, um, I feel like a bit of an outsider with people. I'm trying to make, trying to connect with people. It's difficult. 
and um, trying to get to the gym, but I got to make sure I get to my classes and everything. And then, oh, by the way, you're also going to go to the world championships. Like, dude, that's yeah. stressful. That's a stressful last few weeks. Yeah, because also, I mean, I, and all Spanish people here were like, we want to go party. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we are here in the U.S. First month, first month, we want to go party, get some girls, get some drink and everything. So for me, it was like, I mean, if I don't go out this month with these people, I will be alone for the rest of the year because this is the moment when, when you know people. Mm. And I cannot be like the, the weird, the weird, the weird guy that stays at home every day, you know. Right. So uh, I had to manage a lot, like uh, the social, the social thing, the academic aspects. The also, but while I was still working out, uh, the diet and everything. I mean, I remember I didn't. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I sometimes I drink like when I go out, but only if like the night deserves it, you know what I mean? Not, not every night, but if I see that the night uh, deserves it, I don't mind drinking, yeah. but uh, of course not one month before worlds. So it was hard. I mean, I went out first, uh, first nights and I went out with them without drinking, but I mean, even if you don't drink, you, you get tired because you go to sleep uh, later and you don't sleep that well. Also, I don't know why in the U.S. you don't have, I don't know how to say in English, this thing in the windows to stop the light. Oh, like blinds and shades and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have, I mean, it sucks here. I mean, we every do. light, all the light goes in. So oh, I couldn't sleep well. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep well uh, two, two first uh, weeks. And then, then two next weeks were better, were way better. In terms of like going out, meeting people, it makes it so much easier if you can have a couple of drinks because then you're just like, you're just, everything's a little bit easier, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It was hard. I mean, because I really wanted because I feel like, I felt like it was the moment. I mean, this is one opportunity in my life. But also I, I was thinking about goals and I mean, you have been working out for this for many years. Mm. So it's just a month. You can go out, meet people without drinking and have fun. And then you will, you will be able to relax more. Doug, listen, you come back a world champion. And some of these, some of these honeys that couldn't fully understand you, check out your Instagram. I seen your Instagram, man. You got your shirt off and, you know, you're looking fly. You're looking handsome. Little bit, and they see 23,000 people. If they're like, hold the fucking hold up. Who is this guy? You know, did, yeah. did did some of the people were did they react like holy shit alberto yeah but the bad thing the thing that destroyed me uh, was like people here use snapchat oh. that's not a good thing that's not a good thing for me i mean in spain we we only use instagram so when you know somebody some girl that is new you give her your instagram and she sees at first but with snapchat it's not like that because in snapchat you i i, I don't even know how to use snapchat so, man. so that, that was a bad point, but, but I mean, it was okay. Did you have some people though, that didn't realize the level of power lifter you are and, and you, you could, when they first meet you and you're new to the country, you might be a little that you know, you don't speak the same language initially, like not originally anyways. So you might not be talking a lot, a little shyer. And then when they checked you out, they're like, holy fuck, this dude's a world champion. I mean, <laughs> To be, to be honest, I use that a lot 
to, I mean, I almost always like started to, for almost everybody that I met, I told them that, not that I was the world champion, because I thought that was like a little bit arrogant, but <laughs> I told everybody that, that, I was, that I did powerlifting and everybody told me that, everybody asked me, what's my, your max bench then? Yeah. And I told them, so everybody was shocked. So almost everybody knew uh, at first uh, what I did, what I was doing. But, but yeah, I think they, there are some people that didn't know that realized after. That was uh, more with Spanish people. That was more with Spanish people because with American people, I used that thing to, to get into a conversation with them. So yeah. they are like interested in me. But with Spanish people, I didn't have that necessity. So I didn't tell them. And then somebody told me like, oh, I didn't know that. Like two weeks, <laughs> two weeks later. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, congratulations and stuff. <laughs> Also, like many people, many, many of my friends here, like told me, oh, I didn't know you, but one friend told me that it was crazy that you are with him. I mean, that, that was like the most shocking thing, I think. <laughs> when you, um, when you growing up in Spain, so what, what's it, first off, what sports are big in Spain? Soccer, like football, right? Soccer, soccer, uh, soccer is top. I mean, it's soccer and then the other sport. Then in a second level, I would say probably basketball is a big thing. Mm. Tennis, because of Rafa, is a big thing too. Motorbikes now, uh, they are also a big thing, but they are not... I mean, we are good, but it's not affordable for, for everybody. Mm. Not everybody can do that. Mm, so probably I think that soccer is the first one. Then in a second level, probably basketball, tennis, maybe another sport. And then we have more more sports like water polo and another uh, handball and another mm. sports. But of course, powerlifting is in the lowest level of the scale. <laughs> it's in the lowest level of the scale. And in most of those sports you name too, um, you don't even do like a lot of weightlifting for them. Like that, I can understand oh, now no. where. Yeah, you said like in, not a lot of people in do Spain. We don't do in Spain. In Spain, it is a very bad culture about strength, about the strength, because they don't give uh, much importance to strength, even in foot soccer or basketball or in not any of these sports. They they give the important that that to strength. Mm. So I could see where the culturally, yeah, gym wouldn't be that big. You wouldn't even think about like, yeah, you want to play sports. You don't even need it for a lot of it. Like you might do a little bit, but not like for strength for basketball. Like nobody's yeah, I mean, doing big squats for basketball. If you got, I, I've been playing soccer like for, for eight years. I was actually pretty good. I was playing in the in the highest division in Spain against Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid when I was younger. But oh, and I, we didn't do we didn't do any any gym. I mean, we just did like push ups, um, uh, free weight squats, things like that. But we didn't do any like any any weights without without any weights. So how did you end up finding weightlifting? Uh, because I started like at thirteen, I started doing calisthenics just to look to look better. 
And I like that. And I was doing that for four years. But the thing was that uh, it was not, I mean, I felt it was not enough for me. You know, I mean, I like like uh, compound movements. So I, I needed some weight with me. So I started in the gym at 17. I didn't know, if, I didn't even know that powerlifting existed. But I like the, like, like the basics. I like a squat, a bench, deadlift. So I was mixing like a weighted calisthenics, like weighted pull-ups, weighted uh, push-ups, weighted dips. Uh, I was mixing that with squats, bench, deadlifts. I didn't, I didn't like uh, machines. I didn't use the machines at all. I always use like, use, like free weight, barrels, mm-hmm. uh, dumbbells. And that's how I started. Then in three, three months later, after, I mean, three months after uh, going to the gym, maybe two, two months, maybe, after going to the gym, I knew powerlifting and I discovered it. And then I realized that I was, that, I was almost doing powerlifting without even knowing. Mm. So then I just like, um, then in that moment, I realized also that I was pretty good for only having working out for two months. I mean, I, I saw the Europeans uh, totals for sub junior. I was sub junior then. And I wasn't that, that far from then. And I was just uh, working out for two months. And then when I realized that, I, I hired my, my coach, my current coach, that is Oscar Sanchez. He's from Spain, too. And since then, I started with him, with him on October of 2017. And since, since now. And when you first started, did you hop on social media and start checking out other powerlifters? Like, who, who are some of the people that you, that you remember when you first got into powerlifting were big and you were like, fuck, I want to be like that? Uh, you probably won't know them. I mean, because they are like Spanish people. Oh, okay. uh, Probably, you know, I mean, there is one, I mean, there is one influencer in Spain that was very big in that moment. Uh, he was the first uh, that actually uh, teaches teach, uh, something about uh, powerlifting in YouTube, like how to do bench press. And he was very... Not like the typical video of some random guy that doesn't know anything, but has a lot of followers. I mean, he was really someone who who knew about that. And I learned from him a lot because the technique I learned was from him by his YouTube videos. Then there was also another guy that one is, is my friend now. He was my age and he was like, he was my age and he was pretty good at powerlifting in that moment. So it was like, uh, his, his name is Miguel Garcia. I mean, he 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 quit about powerlifting like a few years ago, but he was pretty good in that moment. So I didn't I didn't look about many many international powerlifters. Maybe when I was when I was starting more, maybe Dan Green. I I saw a lot about Dan Green. He, I like him a lot. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not like a big I'm not like a big idol uh, guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't usually look a lot about people who is very, very top. You know what I mean? Dan Green was, dude, Dan Green in his prime. Now he's, he's, you know, he's he, whatever. He's not quite what he used to be, but in his prime, dude, Dan Green was jacked, ripped, looked like he came yeah. out straight out of a comic book. Also, uh, John Hack, John Hack, 
like be, uh, when he competed in IPF, I saw him a lot. Um, and I think that's it. I, 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 I mean, I don't remember well, but I, di- I think I didn't see many, many power, didn't watch many powerlifters out of Spain at that moment. When it, in Spain, um, how many people speak English? First off, is it is it common or not so much? Yeah, I mean, everybody, almost everybody speaks English. I mean, everybody. The thing, the only thing is like the level of English. But uh, English is is still uh, since we were we are like four years old. Mm, so, okay. I mean, but that is the th- the only thing. The only difference is how far you go with your studies about English. I mean, but almost any person that wants to aspire to a high level job uh, knows knows a good English, not native, but enough to to maintain a conversation like like we are having now. Because because um, I had Pena on from France, who sixty six kilo open world champion, yeah. and um, he was telling me how when he was coming up in France, one of the big reasons that it was tough for France initially to grow in powerlifting was the language barrier. Um, a lot yeah. of French people knew some English, but not great. And um, so previously the information on like programming, the information on like technique, like squat technique, deadlift technique, um, it wasn't coming over to France, not like it was in other parts of the world. And then Penna said, you know, he, he could see on Instagram what all these other lifters are doing, you know, in, in North America and like other parts of the world. And he's like, they're making huge progress, but France for a long time was pretty far down. And then he, he was one of the first, it's not just Pena, but he was one of the first to enroll in um, Mike T's online where he coaches coaches, how to get be, be become better coaches, better programming, etc. And um, so he, his English ability allowed him to sit down, watch these videos, study powerlifting, and then take it back to France and like tell people, this is how we have to program. We're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. But we could do it better. And then um, from Pena, you know, Naomi Aliber came through from Pena. She's with someone else now, but like uh, Leah Bavois, Turbo Tiff, these ladies all became world champions. And then Tur- Pena as well, of course. So he kind of like brought the information in and now it's spreading. Once it spreads, it spreads, right? Um, so I was wondering if like in, in Spain, if there was like any barriers in terms of bringing in information or, or like programs, stuff like that. In, probably in Spain, we know more English than, than in France. In France, uh, it, it helped me a lot. English helped me a lot because I saw a lot of YouTube videos, uh, powerlifting blogs, and it helped me a lot to to know some technique and and some programming. I think uh, in Spain we, I mean, Spanish powerlifting has changed a lot in the, in in the last years. Uh, totals are increasing uh, each year uh, a lot, a lot. And not only total, but also like the participation, knowledge. Um, I think uh, it has changed a lot. Uh, probably in Spain, I think there was a, a big, uh, a big guy that is what, which I am telling you. I, I told you before. Uh, it was uh, David Marchante, is his name, Power Explosive in in social media, and he was 
uh, in 2016, 2018, 2017, it was like his peak, and he was uh, very, very influential in, in powerlifting. He, a lot of people knew powerlifting, maybe not powerlifting, but lifting weights uh, because of him. Then my coach uh, was uh, uh, with him in the social media team. So my coach uh, helped a lot in that, uh, Oscar Sanchez, helped a lot in that uh, period of time uh, to spread more information about powerlifting specifically and not only weightlifting. But I think in that years, like 2016 or 20, 2016 probably, we didn't even have good lift in, in, in the meets. We had like, they had to, to uh, like write it down in a paper to know what everybody was doing. So it was very, it was, <laughs> it was very rural, you know, it was like, but then in probably, I think a big year was maybe 2018, maybe it was a, a good year, more teams formed, uh, not only my team, Berserkers, also more teams formed like, uh, RV is a team that is Ruben Castro and Victor Vázquez. Uh, it's, it's another big team in Spain. I think there are several coaches in, in Spain that has helped a lot uh, to so that this this sport is growing. Also, another thing that has been very crucial in Spain is that I feel like when I started in 2018, 2019, like every team went for the young. You know what I mean? Like as it was like a very small uh, world in that time, everybody wanted to, to get his piece of the cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it was like very, my team, my team, and my team is the better, is the best one, and that stuff. But then once we started to, to get better in into internationals, and powerlifting was bigger, everybody has like its own space in the world. Uh, I think uh, we started to feel more that feeling about we have to grow as a sport, as a nation, to get this sport bigger in our nation. I've noticed, uh, I'm glad you said that because I was actually thinking just that, like in the last world championships, Italy really came up. It, uh, a lot of Italians did very well in the juniors in particular, in the, in Spain. In Spain's level has definitely risen, especially in the juniors. You know, um, in the open, like the juniors will come into the open in due time. But when you want to see what's coming up into the future, you look at the juniors. And there were so many juniors coming up from Spain. Um, and I noticed, like, when you post, I could, I'll take a look at some of your posts, and it's a lot of Spanish. Like, they support you, right? Like, the Spanish support the Spanish. And you start realizing, like, we are, we're stronger together. Like if we support each other, I do good. You yeah, do good. If you, if we're both doing good, we're, it's even better. We work together. We can collaborate on social media. We could train together. We could pass knowledge about powerlifting. And then when Spain gets bigger together, it's better, man. Then all of a sudden team Spain rolls around and people talk about uh, like people, everyone now is like, everyone's always talking about team America, but now people talk about team France they're going to start talking about Italy and Spain the same if you guys start keep keep up this forward momentum. And we had put a poll saying, who's next? France. So obviously there's always America. Um, and people like France, like France already arrived. France arrived. You know, Sweden, already a powerhouse nation. Um, Britain's got a lot of world champions as well. And a lot of people like Italy, Spain, 
are like probably the future nations on the come up because the guys and girls that are around your age, 2021, 20, 22 coming up. And, um, and you could feel it at the world championships, man. You could, there was like in every single juniors um, in all the weight classes, there was like one Span- Spanish lifter who was a contender, at least a contender, you know, and, and that wasn't always the case throughout, throughout the years for sure. Um, but yeah, it's uh it definitely helps, man, when people kind of, you know, support each other and with, with you having the following you have already and having won a world title, it's just natural, man, that eventually people are going to look to you a little bit, right? Like you might start, I know it's kind of weird to think about, but, um, in terms of Spain, what helps a nation move forward is when you get someone to stand out. Like for instance, France really broke out, but Leah Bavois is a huge star in powerlifting. Like everybody knows who Leah Bavois is, right? And then, um, and then Penna is like a big figure in powerlifting now because you was, when you think about French powerlifting, you're going to think Leah, Penna, Naomi, Turbo Tiff. Like you start thinking about these people now and they become like iconic to France and powerlifting. And it helps it become more popular because when people see Leah on, like you just look up squatting and you're a girl and you see a Lee Bavois, like, oh, she's strong. She's pretty. She's confident. I want to be like that when you're, you know, that you're that girl who's boom, you get into powerlifting if you're in France and, uh, and then she's French and you're from France. It's the same deal. That's where things start blowing up. And um, so when people do what you're doing, win like a world rec- world championship, do your posts and stuff. Like, do you think about stuff like this? Like, man, this could be, we might be ready to blow. Yeah, I think I, I feel totally the same as, as you, as you think. I mean, in Spain, like three years ago, not much, only like two, three years ago, people who posted a lot uh, in powerlifting, it was not seen very good because they seem, they, they was, they all, a lot of people tell like, you are just doing this for the media. You don't really are passionate about this. And it's not about that. It's just like, I post this because I want this to grow. And because going to Worlds, going to Europeans, is very expensive. I need media to grow and to to pay everything. Of it. I mean, I'm not going to... My job is not this. So I need yeah. to have some uh, benefits to go to, to Worlds, to competitions, and to do what I like, what I'm really passionate about. Also, um, I feel the same about what you said about you cannot be good as a nation. You will, to, to start growing, you have to have some names that people know exactly the name. Not that, oh, we are good. No, we have to know that this guy is good. This yeah. girl is good. Yeah. This guy is a champion. This girl is a champion. And to be honest, I'm, I'm really proud about that, about, um, I feel really good about helping with that. I think I'm the, I'm the, the first junior world champion in Spain. Uh, it's, it's, I'm really happy with that. I mean, I'm really proud because uh, I like this sport a lot. And the situation in Spain uh, is not good in powerlifting. We are not even a federation. We are only an association. In the sport, the sport is not even recognized as a sport in Spain. Oh you know? shit! I was about to ask you the difference there. So that just means the government doesn't recognize it. No, no, no. Of course not. I mean, I would like a, an athlete of my level in any other sport that is recognized as a sport in Spain will have a title that is like elite athlete uh, level. 
And with that, you can like uh, go e to a to university in a different um, process. I mean, you need lower grades to university to choose a university for exchange student program as I did as I'm as I'm doing. You also go in another list. You and you have benefits. I mean, also some economical benefits. Maybe not much, but at least you have some. But mm -hmm. I don't have any of that. Just because we are not a federation, we are not considered a sport in Spain. So we need to grow, and I think uh, what we need the most is what you said, uh, like having names that inspire younger people, younger generations, to to get into this sport and to see that this sport is like a normal sport as any other. Because in Spain, it's what I told you, uh, like people who live great is like kind of weird, you know, like mm. the, the the typical things that that maybe people say about people who go to the gym, you know, that's a big thing in Spain. So we need, uh, like, those people that inspire others to, to get into it, to see that they are normal people, like you and me, and and I'm really proud about that, about being the first to do that. And also social media is, is really important to promote uh, your country. And it's what you said, uh, in Spain, we, we are, uh, the level of the juniors is rising a lot, a lot. Mm. It's also the Antonio Perez in 105. Also, Maya da Silva is really good, a girl. Uh, there are a lot of people. Uh, Jordi is also very good. We have many juniors that we are, we are uh, also uh, young juniors. We are not like 23. We are still 20, 21. And in a few years... All those juniors are going to go to open, and that would be that would be that would. In, I think Spain probably need two or three more years to get into France level because all juniors will go to open. All juniors now will will get better. Go to open. Also, people from open now is getting uh, better and better every day. The thing is that they are like a little bit late. Maybe they need more time to get into into that into that level of the other open guys. But also the sub-juniors are getting very good. I mean, usually sub-juniors don't go to goals because they are young, it's not. It's more expensive, and they don't usually go. But there are some junior sub-junior guys that are going to be in junior in a few years, and they are also really good. So I think Spanish future is, is right, and there are like some... I, I can say, I will not say now, but because there are many, but I could say some names in Spain that I know that in a few years, they will be, they will be known. I mean, you have posted a lot of them. So I know I, I'm in, um, on the IPF media team, Paco is, uh, he, he does pictures and stuff. And when I was doing a couple of the IPF world championships, I was actually his roommate. Like what only one or two years did I have a roommate? Two years, I think, at a roommate where I'm in the hotel room and they put us like two people in one hotel room. And Paco from Spain was one of them. And um, he always tells me about like what's going on in Spain and, and like the, the growth in terms of from year to year, the growth in terms of membership of lifters lifting and competing and stuff. Um, yes. He says it's getting bigger and bigger, man. And um, 100%, first off, you winning a world title, being the first in the juniors is big. And the fact that you've done that and you're already around 23,000 followers. And if you continue to push and keep doing your thing, um, you know, it, it just helps. It's like a, it's like a, a light out there shining for someone who's looking for it. 
someone who's like online on social media, usually people find somebody like they they're following a hashtag, find somebody just like you found that one guy's YouTube. And like, what's this? And they're like, this dude's from Spain. This dude's my age. This dude's my size. Oh, this is an option. And they're like, this guy's a world. He's a world champion. He's got Spain across his chest. He's got the Spanish flag on his singlet and he's winning world titles and he's getting gold medals. Like, it's like, oh shit, I didn't even know this was an option. You know, it helps, man. It's a, it's a big deal. That's how these cycles go. And then once the momentum starts and you get, you know, a dude like Penna who looks jacked when he takes his shirt off, a girl like Leia and a girl like Naomi, once you start getting that, like France got, then the momentum, and now they're in all the SBD videos. Now they're in all the SBD posts and stuff. And um, now the and they're on all the podcasts and stuff. Now the momentum's going for France. Now it's easy. Now, like all of a sudden, the next year, Turbo Tiff's here. Oh, the next year, Coco uh, in the 105 Juniors is there. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, every year, someone else is coming. There's more like Rambo in the 74s. More and more people are showing up because it's like a the momentum builds. It's like a snowball rolling downhill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger the more momentum it gets. But you got to start it. You know what I mean? It takes like to get it started is the hardest part. It's the hardest part, man. And, uh, and that's where you guys are at, where you're, it's starting to happen. You're starting to get some good uh, lifters rolling. So um, it's big, man. This is like, it's weird because in like three, four years time, we could come back and talk about this podcast. We could come wow. back and be like, do you remember? I, I remember just that, like, I remember in 2019, Penis, I was walking through the halls of the IPF World Championships. This is before France. Nobody knew Penis was Le- Leah, Naomi, Turbo Tiff, before any of them. None of them won any world titles. I'm walking through the halls and of, of the venue and Penna stops me and he says, Hey man, um, I listen to the podcast and he's like, I'm just letting you know next couple of years, you're going to know who like team France is on the come up. And he's like, my name is Penna. And let me introduce you to this girl on my left. Her name's Naomi Alibar. And let me introduce you to this girl on my right. Her name's Leah Bavois. And I'm, and I'm like, all right. I didn't even know who these people were. And he's like, you're going to know who all of us are. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll see. Cause you hear that stuff. Two years later, everybody knows who these people are. You know what I mean? It's the way the shit goes, man. Um, so it's exciting to see it happening when you could kind of see like Spain looks like it's on the rise for sure. Um, when you're, when you're now watching, cause now you know who everybody is, you pay attention to who's doing what, like, are you, or do you follow like Russell now, Taylor now, you know, Penna and everybody now? Yeah. Yeah, now I do. Now I do. I mean, like, uh, I do like probably more like uh, American people because the thing about uh, French people is that I don't understand them. So I don't like, I, I don't see them because I don't understand them. But a lot of, I follow a lot of Americans. Probably Taylor is, is like the reference. It's always the reference. Uh, also, uh, Russell. I really like uh, Russell too. Uh, but yeah, I do. I do. I know. I know. I know people now. I mean, I, as I told you, I'm not like kind of an idol guy, you know, that has idols and wants to be like his idols. But uh, I know people now. I'm into a sport, and and now I know more people than before. It helps to like just see what they're doing, and it, and it, it does like open up what you think is possible too. 
when someone like Taylor is yeah. doing 800 and 838.5 kilo, whatever the hell he did, ridiculous. And you yeah, see Taylor that. Taylor is crazy. Taylor is crazy. crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, he's, he's, he's crazy. <laughs> I mean, now I'm, I, I think I told you, like, uh, at Wolves, that now I'm moving up to, to 74. That's right. Yeah. So, like, uh, having see, seen those numbers of, of Taylor, it's like, oh, I have a long way to go. You know, I mean, if Taylor didn't do 800, maybe he just do 750. I will, I will, I will be thinking about 750. But now that Taylor has done 800, I can only think about 800. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing I, I can think about. Or maybe like a freehand squad. I mean, you know, I, I'm a big squatter, so I know that probably I will. It's gonna be more difficult to me uh, to have like maybe 200 bands. But I see that people do 300 bands, 300 squats. I, I I only think about oh man, I'm 74. I might go. I might do that. I want to do that one day. Like doing 300 squat. That would be huge in Spain. That would be like first people, lighter people in Spain to do that. So I think I don't like as 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 I said. I don't like idols, but I go. I like to call them like references. Like knowing that that is possible. They are working hard. Also, Taylor is an engineer too. So having that people as reference uh, helps a lot to, to keep pushing hard, to make you push harder. I like that. Um, when I, you're like, yeah, he's the reference. That actually sounds, the way you said it, yes, yeah, my man, he's the reference. I reference him when I need some inspiration. I reference in the way, it's not like that. He's not an idol. No, 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 no. He's the reference. <laughs> That's why I'm going to start using that. Be like, my man's a reference. I reference him when I'm, I'm thinking about it. I like that, but it's true. Um, people come around first and when they do it, you know, it's possible and it rises. Everybody starts rising to the occasion. It wasn't that long ago, man. I mean, not long ago at all. You probably even remember because you, it would have been when you were already in powerlifting. Um, Brett Gibbs was chasing 800 kilo total as an 83. He was on the cover yeah. of IPF magazine and it said 800 with a question mark. And it was Brett Gibbs chasing 800. And now it's like 74 juniors hit 800, right? Like Austin Perkins hit 800. So like, like not a lot of juniors one, but still, you know what I mean? Where uh, um, I say it like it happens all that's a reference now 800, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it, it helps open up what you think is possible. What, what do you walk around at? Like, is there a lot of body weight that you have to gain to go to 74? Not a lot. Now I'm now I'm cutting a little bit because I was a little bit more father than that was that was I wanted. But I'm a rip guy. So hey, hey man! Uh, now I seen your Instagram. The big, yeah, <laughs> the, but the, the heaviest the heaviest I think was like two weeks ago. It was seventy three and a half. Oh shit! So I'm almost I'm I'm almost there. I mean I'm almost there. The thing is that um, I need I need more years to be like I want. I mean, because it's not only about the weight, it's about being in the weight and also like with a good relationship about fat, muscle. Yeah. So I need some years. Probably this year I will need uh, time. This year it's going to be gaining muscle, uh, putting on some weight. And then next year, last junior year for me, that's the year when when I think I will be more comfortable with the with the with the great class and i think that year will 
the weight, uh, we, I will notice the weight more than this year. You know what I mean? Uh, but but I, I still think that two years is not is not much. I mean, I will need more years to to keep in this in this weight class, and my 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 body uh, gets used to it and showing my my best level. But these two years, I think, uh, especially I'm I'm aiming for Europeans this year, only Europeans. I'm I, I don't think I will be good enough for Worlds this year because of the moving of the weight class. But next year I, I will go for everything again. So we'll see. I mean, I know I know that there are many many seventy four guys that are really strong, are really strong, and it's hard to move up a weight class. But we'll do what we can, and we'll see what happens. It takes time. Like that, that's the honest, that's the mature answer because it it man, it's it's a big jump, um, especially for the percentage of body weight when you're, when you're in the smaller weight classes, it's a higher percentage of body weight and you could just put on fat and um, mass moves mass. It'll help a little bit, but if you want a full 74, like where your body fat is the same as it is as a 66, it's going to take a few years. You're a natural athlete. Yeah. It's going to take some while to keep shifting more and more weight, adding more and more body mass. Um, yeah. You'll probably peak in the open you'll have a good year, but your last year as a junior, you'll, you could give it, but you'll probably peak in the open. And that's when you start smashing some bigger weights. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean open is the open is the big thing. So that's, that's what is expected. You know, I mean, junior is good, but to, to get into it, to start to get recognized and to start competing at high level and knowing how it works, because it's not the same, uh, competing in nationals. Even if you are, even if you are good, I mean, the same. It's not the same. A person, imagine the same person, same total everything, but one of them only competes in nationals because I mean he doesn't want to spend money in in worlds or maybe something like that, and the other competes at worlds. The thing is that the one that competes at worlds is totally different. It's not. I mean, it's not the same at all. Competing in your home with your people. A, a, a short drive or maybe like knowing knowing how, how your country works but going to walls is the preparation and everything you have to do there it's it's really different was that uh, so, was, was that your first world championships yeah it was my my second international my first was europeans uh, 2019 i was third and uh, then in 2020 i was expecting to go but we we, we couldn't because covid and then 2021 was was my first worlds. And I mean, dude, that's it. in terms of it being different. For sure, there's obviously international refs, etc. But when everybody shows up from all over the world, like everybody's there, you know, not just in Europe. If it's not your, if it's not just Europeans, like everybody's coming. How crazy was it? Did you stick around and and see people around at the hotel and the venue and like? Um, and, and what was that experience like? To be honest, I was not, I mean, I was not, a, I'm not a person that gets, a, like, scared a, a lot about that kind of things. I mean, I knew what I have done, the work I have done, and I knew my possibilities. I knew that I could do a big thing. And having been in Europeans uh, two years ago helped me a lot. Because it's almost the same. I mean, it changes that 
countries are different. Like uh, you have uh, countries from America, from Asia, but it's almost the same Europeans and worlds. The only thing that uh, maybe changes a lot, uh, well, of course, changes a lot is the level of the athletes, but like the, the atmosphere is the environment is, is almost the same. So, so that helped me a lot. It's true that this year, uh, US was not there. I mean, well, so sort of. There, there was a lot was, of Americans there, though. There was a lot. Yeah, but I mean, that was like in the open, in the open way. Yeah, classes, yeah, yeah. Not in the in the one. And that was, to be honest, that was a little bit of a pity in this in in the way that you want to to win everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to to win knowing that somebody didn't didn't go. But it's also true. It's totally true that because there was a lot of debate about about this. But it's also true that that's a myth. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, the one that wins that competition is the one that goes. And that's the only thing that matters. You know, I mean, many people probably in my situation would not have gone there because I was risking my university year here, a lot of money, uh, a lot of stress with my with my professors, with the departments of the university. And also I was feeling very weak three weeks, three weeks before I had an awful uh, workout. I was like 180 for six reps at the squat, and it was hard. It was hard, and it was. I mean, how 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 that could be hard? So many people. I know that many people in my situation maybe would have thought about it and said it, it's not worth it. The money and the the risk is not worth it. But that's a competition. The only one who can win a competition is is the one who competes. So it's true that it's it's a pity that US was not there. I, I I like that that the new federation came up came up and there's yeah. now a, a new US federation, but it's what it is. It's a competition and the champion that year can only be one. That's it, man. And and how much is it for you before you move up to seventy four to have won the world title before you decide to leave sixty six kilo class? Like if you didn't you win, mean, sorry? Um, if you didn't win sixty six kilo class world championships. Would you stay 66 longer and win the title before you move up mm, or, or no? I don't think so. I would probably stay uh, until Europeans and then I will move up. I mean, I think uh, it was the moment to move up because if I didn't move up this year, then I will be my last junior year, like in half the weight classes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was not, I will not be, I will be too high for 66 but too low for 74. And I didn't want that. Uh, so the, the expected thing actually was to go to goals and then go to Europeans this year, so last year in 66. But the thing was that because I wanted to go to be like the first Spanish guy to go on nationals, goals and Europeans in one year. But the thing was that after goals, I felt like I have done everything I could. I mean, now I'm in the US, it's, it was very stressful. Uh, Europeans are less than worlds, so it's not worth it. Uh, what you have to do now is you have done everything you could in 66, and now you have to move up to 74 because the earlier, the sooner you start, the sooner you will be competitive in that weight class. And right. I have like a time limit. I will have to be competitive in two, in 2023. So I thought I think that was the moment. But if I would not have won. I would have stayed in in 66 for Europeans to like 
get get good with me, you know, feel good with me, you know, like ending my career, my 66 career uh, with like a, a good result. But I was definitely going to move up to 74 for 2022. It, it gets no sweeter than a world title. Once you win a world title, it's like, I'm good, man. Like you might've had Europeans on the calendar. And then when you win worlds, you're like, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, uh, yeah. I kind of already did that though, huh? It, you know, so yeah. well. Also people, people was the same. Like the competitors were the same in worlds and, and Europeans. So I thought it was, it was totally not, not worth it. I mean, the good step was to start thinking about the future and 2023 20, worlds. Like you said too, it takes time to put body weight on. Start start as soon as quick, quickly as possible, man. Like no sense after you win the world title, it, there's no higher than that. So once you won the world title, start putting on body weight. Let's go. Don't don't hang around for Europeans now. You're working backwards. You know what I mean? Like yeah, let's, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Let's go. We got it. We got to get. That's because, the mindset. Yeah, that's it. Let's go. If you're going 74, you better go 74 because it's going to take a couple of years to fill it out. Um, what did your family think when you won the world championships? They were, they were really, I mean, they were really happy. They were really proud about me. I mean, they know it's been hard years, like with university, uh, working, social media, and they know how, how much I've suffered, uh, this last year, especially like 2021 was a very hard year, probably one of the hardest of my life. And they were they were really proud. They were, now I I, th- I think that was the feeling. Like really really proud. They were really happy, but uh, they were really really proud. I feel I, I feel that I I could feel that in in their eyes. Like this this boy, our boy, has uh, while studying and engineering, while working in social media and in personal training, and while. Uh, turning this hard, he finally achieved his, his dream that was uh, like being the world champion, and, and he did it. So they were they were really proud. Not only because of uh, worlds, because of course, uh, uh, winning winning a world championship is something to be proud of. But the thing was like doing all that stuff, like uh, maintaining my workouts while studying, while earning my money, and while still having my friends, having my family. I think that was like what they are, they were proud of. Is that why 2021 was so hard because of everything that you had to do all at once? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, everything has stepped up every each year. I mean, I started university at 2018, just one year after I started powerlifting. But in 2018, I had like a powerlifting that was not as big as now. I mean, I trained like less because I didn't have to train that much as I have to now. And also, uh, I didn't have like so many social media, so many clients of training. So that that year was not that hard. Then 2019 was a little bit harder because social media started to get a little bit bigger. Not much. I So in 2019, I just had like, 3,000 followers, but powerlifting started to get bigger because I competed at Europeans and it started to get more serious. Then 2020 was going to be a good year. I felt very good, but then COVID started and it was very, very hard. Also, 
some personal problems. Nobody, nobody died. It was, it was, it was not about that. But uh, some personal problems. And that year was the one that I started growing in social media. So 2021 was hard. I mean, it was really, really hard. I had that year was the one that I already had social media, already had to work with my clients, uh, aiming for goals and maintaining my social relationships and also more personal problems. So it was, it was really hard. It was really, really hard because everything, everything got together and everything was together. And now I'm more used to it. But at that moment, it was like, oh man, there are a lot of things to do. Because uh, Spanish university, especially in engineering, is very hard. So it consumed me a lot, a lot, a lot of time, like studying while while still working, while still uh, training. Was it, was it a girl? Was that? Was that uh, girls in general? Uh-uh. Man, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. There's nothing like, um, I mean, anybody, everyone's been around the block and had those situations, right? Where like, um, yeah, man, it, life happens and it gets stressful. Like you can be pulled in a million different directions. And um, especially when you're first trying to put this all together and you don't know if it's going to take off or what's going to happen with it. So you're working super hard on the hope that things work out, on the hope that things go as planned. Um, and if you got school and you're training people and you're competing and you're trying to do the social media thing so that, you know, your, your clients and yourself keep going up as well. And then on the personal side, um, these, that's it, man. Something's got to give at certain points. That's, that's what happens in life, man. Whenever, like, uh, if work is going really good and then something could happen, social life, or if health is going really good, like there's always, there's one of the pieces isn't going to be rocking and rolling. One of the pieces isn't going to be good. They can't always be good all at once. If it ever is, if everything is good, you like all like socially, health, relationships, uh, you know, pastime, work, everything's going good, man. Though you got to cherish it. It just be like, oh my god. Yeah, that, that's how that's, that's how I feel now. I mean, that's what you said. What you just said is that how I feel now. I feel like it was really hard, but I think that. I'm young and that w- it is the year to, to work hard and work for your life, you know, to, to, to work for the life that you really want. So now I feel like I'm, I'm in, in that point you said that I'm happy with, with, I'm, I'm happy with everything I have. I mean, uh, trainings are good. Uh, I already won goals. University is going good. I'm, I'm going to finish this year my major. Uh, social relations. I mean, my relations with with my social relations with my people is also good. I'm truly happy with the with the people I'm I'm with, and I mean, family is good. Everything. I feel like everything is good. I know that probably in some time, uh, some of that pieces maybe drops, uh, right. but it's just about getting that piece and put it together again. That's it, man. That's what life teaches you. Like a piece will fall every now and then, and you got to bring that piece back up and keep it moving. That's it. Um, that's how you get things done. You know what I mean? Is yeah. you can't do the old, um, why me or whatever it happens to everybody. It's okay. And you just bring your, you pull your pieces back in and keep it moving. Um, and it is true too. When you like, you sound super busy for, for a young guy, your age, you got a lot going on. Most people probably in school are going to school and partying. 
Go to school yeah, and party. That's the thing. That's the thing. Right? Yeah. And you're like an entrepreneur. You got your own clients and everything, and you got to get your social media up so you keep getting clients. Like, you, do you do a lot of online clients, or how does that work? Your, your, because you mentioned that. They are online. All they are all, all online clients. I started like I think three years ago, uh, and now I'm, I'm stable with that. And it's like. Uh, I'm a student, but I have a lot of like uh, things to spend because competitions. I mean, spending those thousands of euros of euros in going to walls is not something that every kid spend has to spend. Right. So uh, I I keep working with that. I have online clients uh, to keep going with with my life. I mean, when I when I will be when I start working. I will probably like my engineering career. I will still keep with this because I really like it. But now it's it's like necessary for me because it's, it's the job I need to to keep my life of, uh, as a student and also as an athlete going. It, it keeps you in tune to the community. It gives you like little wins as well. Like when somebody does also, well. You learn a lot. Also, you learn, you learn a lot by turning yeah. people for yourself, also for yourself. Like as an athlete, you learn a lot about. Oh, I, I I didn't realize this because I'm I was already good at this, you know. Mm. So I didn't have to think about this. But when you see another person do some things, you start thinking more about. Oh, maybe what about this? What about this? And you start figuring out like a bigger puzzle. Yeah, it forces you to. You see more. You have more problems that need solutions because there's more people than just yourself. So now you have to like see more scenarios. The more scenarios you see, the more you grow. Right. And it is cool. It's cool to bring somebody from here to here and you help them get there. And you're like, it's different. Like it's, it's something about winning world championships yourself, which is probably amazing. Um, But also like helping other people get victories. You're like, damn, we had, we had a good weekend. That was good. Yeah. It's it's like, it's like my coach. I mean, my coach is like a, is Oscar Sanchez, as I said, and he's like a big brother to me. I mean, I knew, I know him since uh, 2017, and he's like a big brother to me. And he has seen me growing up, growing up. I mean, he started with me when I was nothing. I mean, I waited like a, I started competing at 59. I when I when I started with him, I think I was waiting 55 kilos, maybe something like that, and I was still at, at high school and didn't was not an entrepreneurship and he has seen me see me grow and i know that he was really really proud and he was and it's a really good it feels really good when you connect so well with with your coach and because it's not only about training and being better it's only it's also about like a family it is um it would probably be weird for him to see you as like a 15 year old 59 kilo 15 year old sub junior and then now see you win like world championships and having all the social media push and doing all these things and be like he's like holy shit and now you have your own clients they're probably pretty weird for him right like you would be proud you'd be like oh my god my man's doing it you know like he's doing his thing right now um yeah it is a it's a weird i don't know um I mean, living it yourself has got to be big, but watching someone else do it that you help bring along has got to be big as well. It's just a different way. That's why I could see where you could keep doing it even after you get your full-time day job as an engineer. Because it'd be tough to replace that. 
It yeah, becomes... also it's also like a very flexible work, and it's yeah. I like it. Also, I, I like it because it's like my passion. So I really like to see other people. What you said, uh, like achieve the goals. Is it mostly people in Spain that you're training, or do you, or is it? Yeah, kind of there are also some people in South America. Oh, wow. but most of them they are they are from Spain. So then you could also get back to Spain and try to bring people up in Spain too, which is good. Yeah, yeah. We need some people to do that, right? So, uh, yeah, you you doing your work. What are some of your future goals then? What are some things that you want to achieve? I know you're a young man now. You're 21 years old. But when you're older, let's say in 20 years time and you look back, what do you hope you'll have achieved? You mean like my life, my whole life, um, not only my... You know what? We could do both, man. We could get deep. We could do okay, both. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think that uh, I, will, I, will, I will tell in general because I think it's going to be like... It's gonna get the people is gonna get the idea better. I think like I I want to be like when 35, 35 years old, okay, and with with uh, a girlfriend or a spouse, well, uh, with my kids and in 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 with a house and I mean having my family, my kids, my spouse, and being the family and. I would love to to be like not uh, to be working for myself, you know, like a, as an entrepreneurship. Uh, I would love to work uh, in something uh, about this this world, you know. I don't know, maybe like mm, manufacturing t-shirts or uh, having a gym, or I don't know, something related to to powerlifting or fitness. But as an entrepreneurship and not to working for for somebody's. I don't. I mean. If I if I'm good with my family, with my kids, with my spouse, I don't care. I don't care how, uh, working for anybody. If I earn enough to live well with them, having my kids, uh, letting my kids have the the life they want, and having time for them, mm. uh, that's just like kind of a dream. But I don't care much about that. The, for me, the the most important thing with that years, having a family, a kids, and spouse, and about powerlifting and all of that. While I have been training for these years, competing at high level, and of course, uh, competing for several years uh, in open worlds, and having won some worlds, and of course, I want to won open worlds someday. So, for me, I'm pretty sure that there will be a moment in my life that I will probably have to retire from, from competition, because it's really stressful, and it aparts you a lot from other things in life if you want to be good at competing. Mm. So, like, my, my desire is to be in that stage of my life when I'm, like, 30, 35 years old, something like that, or maybe maybe before. Uh, I have uh, my kids. I have my sports. I have done everything I had I could in powerlifting. I have won several, several world championships. I'm, like, kind of a legend in in Spain like maybe not a legend but it, I know that people in a few years in some years will know who I was and that was the moment to step out uh, stop competing keep keep turning but maybe stop competing and helping powerlifting in another ways while I have more time to to develop my family my kids my with having time with my kids my spouse but knowing that I did everything I could at powerlifting, I gave 
my all and I will uh, I won that world championships in open in open class. And this is why you can't really waste time, you know, because yeah. you this is why like you got to get to work. That's why you're so busy right now because it's like um, you want to be able to move on with your life when it's time to move on and have no don't look back and be like fuck I should have done this I should have pushed harder. I should have like, you know, moved up to 74 sooner. I should have, you know, whatever it is, this is, you got to do it now. And um, if you want to make your impact in Spain for powerlifting, you already started it by being the first junior world champion in the classic. That's huge. When when everyone remembers the first, it it becomes a trivia. Who was the first? Well, that was a burden. You know, everyone knows the first. There could be 20 other people afterwards, but you're going to remember the first. And then when you move into the open, now you have other firsts you could do. And that's, that's your possibility. If you want to leave your mark in Spanish powerlifting, that's your opportunity to be the first. You already got one. Now you move into the 74s, move in the open, and you got time. You know what I mean? But um, so, yeah, you could leave a legacy. And then when you're done, you can look back and be like, I'm good. You know, I did, I, tr- I, I did a bunch of firsts in Spain. So people in Spain in powerlifting would be like, it's possible. We can compete on that level. We could do that. We are with them, right? And you like help lead, lead the charge a little bit. Just like I said, Pena, Leah, and them did. That could be yourself if you start keep doing the firsts. And then also giving back by coaching people and training and, and trying to raise up other lifters on that level as well. Um, and then I'm telling you, man, you know, if you get, if you do something in the open and you start getting sponsorships by like an SPD or something in Spain, once that comes to Spain and Spanish people start seeing those videos start rolling out, you know, they do those videos, the athlete interviews, they go come see you train, take videos and do it that's when the shit really starts rocking and rolling in with those nations when they're like, Oh, okay, here we are now. And, um, and that's when you're really going to do some good. And when you hang, when you hang it up and you're like, I'm good, I'm done. I'm retired. You can look back and be like, I made a push. I made a push, you know, what, however it shakes up, you know, you've, you did the best you could and uh, not just for yourself, but like you help rise it up for Spain as well. Um, makes it easier to walk away than having some, some, you know, if you didn't push as hard, these are, these are those years, my man, it all, it all, right. These are, are the years. Years. these are the years. Yeah. Um, and I also want to ask you how big is Rico Martin? That guy's a mountain. You're, you're you 120 plus. Yeah. You're, you're 120 man, plus. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. I, I will send you later a photo I have with him. So you, so you know the, the difference. It's huge. I mean, I think he's the, he's the biggest human I have ever met. Yeah, he is. I, 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 dude, he is. He's I, very, very, he's very, very big. I mean, he's very tall and he's very fat too, but he's, he's very strong too. Oh, he's strong. So it's, it's huge. I mean, he's really, really impressive. I really, I mean, I'm like used to him, but he, I mean, for any, anybody who hasn't met him uh, ever, uh, he's huge. Dude, I've met um, Zajuna Savikas, Half Thor Bjornsson, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I met all those people like in real life. They're massive. Rico Martin is just as big as any of those guys. I'm telling you. Like, like Rico Martin is absolutely... Rico Martin at the IPF World Championships 
I remember reading like, like, you know, you're saying the weights of everybody when you're doing the commentary and I'm like, um, so Rico is, Oh, hang on a second. 200 kilo, even not, not even a gram more 200 kilo, even. And then they came up to me and they're like, the scale stopped at 200. He was bigger. He's bigger than two. Yeah. He was too big. He's for the huge. Sca- he's huge. He's, he's he's huge, huge. Man. I mean, he's, I mean, his coach is also my coach. We are, we, we oh. share the same coach. So that's why, that's why I know, I know him. I've trained with him sometimes and it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. He, it's, he, it's, um... it's very huge. I mean, it's like when you see the weights with me, I mean, I have my weights on my back. It seems like I, I'm way smaller than the weights, you know, like yeah. weights seem huge, but then I see the weights in the back of uh, Rico and it's like, man, this is like, like a toy for him. This is small. <laughs> this is very small for him. And Rico is, he's, man, he is strong. He's going, he's someone that can do something at the world championships. Um, I talked to him at worlds. He's like, yeah, that wasn't my best day. He thinks he could do a lot better. I want to see what he can do at a hundred percent. Cause he's got potential in him, man. He's a super strong guy and, and your coach. So your coach must have a couple, does he have a couple of the big Spanish lifters that he trains? Uh, yeah, he trains uh, Ruben Rico, uh, as I told you, uh, me also, and international, internationally, there's not, uh, I don't think there's any international now, but also uh, Guillermo Gonzalez is another one that is a huge venture. He's ni- now 93 and it's like 205 kilos in bench. I mean, in Spain, that's a very big, I mean, in Spain, I think nobody has benched more than 200 except Rico. So Guillermo Gonzalez too. Also, uh, Jose Manuel Villa is very strong. Laura Ray, mm, also uh, Neus. Neus is, is junior, and I think she has a bright, a bright future too. She needs time, but she's she's strong too. She mm. loads the weight class, and now I think she's gonna be more competitive. But I think like the most the most known internationally are Rico and me. And there's also um, another guy that, yeah, for sure, you and Rico, uh, internationally, for sure. Uh, and there's also another guy at Worlds that impressed me. I think he was your 120-plus master one. And yeah, now. it's um, – I, I, don't, I don't remember his name now, but I, I, know, I know who you, who you said. He Prieto. won. <clears throat> What's Prieto, it? I think. Yes. Prieto? I think yeah, so. Yeah, that one. That and one. Um, yeah. he won – he won the world championships and he is free. He's also huge and he is crazy strong. Um, like he is crazy strong as well. Uh, also but, yeah. probably, I think probably the, the one, the, the biggest, like, like, uh, you know, Alejandro Rodriguez Acuna is 83. I think it's a small, uh, he won goals, master, master goals. Okay. I okay. don't know if he's, I don't know if he's master one or master or, or master two, but he has gone walls. Uh, he has been training for a lot of years. I don't know, 30 years, 40 years. He was from Argentina or Uruguay, I think. And he has won master walls several times. And he's, uh, he has helped a lot uh, to powerlifting. He, he's very dedicated to, to Spanish powerlifting. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Paco was with him, handling him. Yeah, Paco was with him, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, no, I, I for sure know him. Yeah, yeah. 
shorter yeah. guy has a massive um squat, massive squat bench squat, subtotal yeah. guy he's a subtotal guy uh yeah. yeah and he's won a bunch of times i'm definitely familiar yeah man spain's on the come up my man we'll see we'll see what happens i mean uh it, it'll be interesting i i how many years do you think till spain arrives Is, you think it like two more years maybe three two three. two or three three yeah three i think it's gonna take Probably a minute three. yeah it's gonna take a minute and the Silva's also super strong in the junior 57s um in in the I, i'm probably saying her name wrong maya da silva yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I said her name right, but I've reposted her a bunch, and she's super strong in the fifty sevens. Yeah, she's so really, in, really strong. In a couple of years, like at World, she had a good day, but she didn't have like she's even stronger than that. Like when she has, I a, think. Yeah, I think the 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 names the names we will know in a few years probably will be me, of course, <laughs> and then Maya da Silva is is a is a girl to remember. It's a name to remember. Yeah. Antonio Perez is the 105 uh, guy. He's one year younger than me. Uh, also, there is a girl that is called Faye Kimma. I, I don't think he, she has competed at, at, at international yet. But I think those names, I mean, to save two girls and two guys, that will be, will be known in a few years. And they are all juniors. And I think you will know, you will know those, those names uh, in a few years. And uh, there, of course, of course, there is uh, there's more more people that is gonna is gonna rise. I think I I, I know some names uh, and I may forgot some somebody, but I think those four can do can do good things. They're world class. Like you guys are all world class. You guys are breaking world records or winning world titles or or whatever. Um, in 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 Spain, because powerlifting wasn't as big in terms of weightlifting, is it as big with women? In terms of, because you said for men, it, like people look at you kind of funny if you, they see you weightlifting. Um, is how is it like in the women's? Mm, it's very difficult for women because there is like the this stereotype stereotype about if you lift weights, you're gonna get you're gonna be like a man, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it's hard for for girls to start training, and the ones that train a lot start like doing cardio. Uh, lifting pink dumbbells, oh, like that. Man. But 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 it, it's it's starting to change. It's getting better. It's be, it's getting better. Powerlifting is rising in girls too. I don't think. Uh, I think it will need more years than for boys. But I think it's it's growing. At least it's growing. And again, the same thing. Um, if Maya da Silva wins, like or starts winning stuff at like in the open. Then you have like a star for the women's, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, girls that get into weightlifting see her and be like, "Oh, wow, shit, man! Like yeah. I could do this." Oh, also, I forgot Amira too. You know, Amira, maybe uh, Amira Blekwa. She was, she was, uh, she almost won last year. Was at minus seventy four. Is the new weight class seventy six? Yeah, seventy six. I think she was. She was competing at seventy six. And she was, I think she was fourth, but because she pulled in the deadlift for the for the gold. Oh, I think it was something like that. I respect that, man. I respect. Um, you can either pull for the gold. If you miss, you're right off the podium. But if you hit it, you're the world champion. I yeah. respect I, that. 
I forgot Amira, but you, but you, you, I think you have uh, posted Amira too. Okay. So yeah, yeah. you, you, you know her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what all you need is a couple of these people to break through and start breaking down these stereotypes. And then people are like yeah. oh, those stereotypes are right out the window. Once it happens, you just need stars, man. People got to break through. It is what it is. It's you guys are doing your part. You're making it happen. Um, for anybody listening, how do they get a hold of you if they want you to be their coach? Just text me to Instagram. My Instagram is B E T O H F low bar 18. And that's it. Just text me to Instagram. Well, you will you will post it, I think. But yeah. just text me by Instagram and that's it. And we rock and roll. And one last question I always ask people when they come on for the first time. When everything's all said and done and you're retired, you got your, you got your wife, you got your three kids, you're an old man looking back. How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as a person that was not only a reference in a sport, but also a reference in, in life. I mean, I think... Uh, I think that uh, peop- I don't want to people only remember that I lifted a three hundred squat, a three twenty deadlift. Uh, I want them to know that it was hard. Process was hard. I was a really really hard working person. That I I worked very hard in my life, not only for powerlifting, but to live the life I wanted in every aspect of my life. And that you are not, uh, you cannot uh, be sure that if you work, you will get what you want. But if you work, but working is the only way to possibly get where you want. So I want to be like a reference uh, in more than in more than only only powerlifting. I want to be a reference in in mindset, in that mentality of working hard wanting more and going to achieve it and being confident that you know that you will achieve that i think that's that's like a biggest a bigger legacy than only sport that mindset because that mindset can help many people in many other aspects in life yeah people take um inspiration from athletes even like businessmen and whatnot bring it like they'll bring in athletes to talk to like a company for like inspiration and whatnot, because you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be in that particular sport to take away from that. And what you said is true. There are a lot of people who will put in that work. If you are guaranteed the outcome, if I say like, I guarantee you'll be a world champion. If you train 25 hours a week, I guarantee it. But the prop, a lot of people will be, fuck it. I'll do it. If I'm guaranteed world champion, I'll do it. Here's the thing. You're never guaranteed that, but no, never. You, you never, but you, but like you said, you are guaranteed. You won't be a world champion. If you don't do it, that's the only guarantee. That's the only thing that matters. That's the, that's a tough one. So people got to digest that. And then um, if they put in all that work and they don't become a world champion, you can be at peace knowing you gave it your all look back and be like, I fucking gave it. You know, and I mean, exactly. yeah, it, and you made like all the friends along the way, all the moments you had, all the, you'll have tons of them. It's not all about the end piece world title. Everything along the way is going to be amazing, but, or 
you just be like, I'm not going to do it unless I'm guaranteed you don't do it. And then you look back when you're older and be like, fuck, I ain't do shit. I could have, would have, should have. Yeah. Well, that's the reference, man. That's the reference. Anyways, listen, man, I greatly appreciate you coming on here. Um, I appreciate your time, my friend. And uh, obviously, good luck with training. Um, are you, are you going to be at this world championships you think, or are you taking this world's off and you'll be at the next one? Taking this off and I will be at the Europeans and then next year I will, I will go to, to worlds and next, next year, year, next year I will be there. All right. So I'll see you soon enough. And, um, I think the U S has put in the bid for 2023. So maybe I'll see you in America, my man. We will see in the U S yeah, maybe I'll see you in the U S to I have to say that. Thank you. Thank you to you. And I'm, I'm really grateful about this opportunity about, I mean, I think to be honest, I don't listen much the podcast, the podcast. I'm a busy guy and That's I don't right. listen much about it, but I have been following the page uh, since many years. And I think it's been great to, to help promote powerlifting, like rising lifters that need that, that push to work harder. So I want to say, first of all, thank you about all that content. And also about having the opportunity for uh, to for me to be here because I mean, once I was like a few years ago, I was like expecting to be once posted at King of the Leaves at lift at, at least, and now being in the podcast is like a, a huge recognition for me. For me, the most important thing about sport is not about money, it's not about anything else. It's only about recognition. So I really appreciate that, and I have to say thank you to you for for this opportunity. Dude, my honor, my man. I'm glad people got to hear your story and uh, hopefully people can relate to it and it pays forward. Um, good luck with training, my man. We will keep in touch. We'll do this again. We'll do it again. We'll have you back of on. Of course we will. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. Thank you, my friend. See you. See you, buddy.